Welcome back to the Fitcast Extra, episode 31. As always, joined by Sporting Panda. How are you doing, mate? I'm all right. We've made it. We've made it. Here we are, a day late for the fans. You know, you hate letting them down when you're a little bit late, but we're, we're all right. Well, we're, we're both, okay. both feeling poorly, so it's we, we haven't met, you know, in person, so we haven't got the same thing. We but haven't. I think it's a coincidence. It's a very big coincidence. And um, <laughs> I, I saw a few people, I don't know who it was, who, who suggested it might just be a hangover for me. Yeah, but that, I think that's bloody harsh, considering, as you correctly pointed out, 150-odd Sunday shows, 31 of these. I can't remember too many you've missed. I think we've missed one fig cast extra, yes. which is when FBI trader stepped in for me. Yes. And then this is a 24-hour delay. Yeah. So we've not done too badly. So... We wouldn't miss it for a hangover. We wouldn't let people down for that. And uh, they need to hear from us. No way. We've been there through rain, sun, uh, you know, snow, wind, you know, whatever you name it, through COVID. We've weathered every storm there is. And, um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, we have. We have weathered every storm. I think you, you made a, a mess of that. Um, what is it supposed to be? Sun, sun, rain, winter, sun? What's the, I always I get these phrases it. wrong because I never... Pre- um, sun, rain, winter, sun, no. Sun, oh, rain, winter, through- storm? I don't know what it is. <laughs> I'll tell you what, it reminds me of the hammering I've got over the last week. I'm actually not best pleased, to be honest. That Jeff Bezos stuff, it's got, comple- <laughs> it's got completely out of hand. Like, and do you know the worst bit is? Like, we, because we recorded last time on the Wednesday and today's a yeah, Friday. It's, yeah. You've had nine days of hammering, which is the longest hammering you could probably have. Yeah. It's, it's getting a little bit out of hand, to be honest. Um, because. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, the number one thing I enjoy about this is the reaction and the sort of comments and the corrections from some, some of the listeners. But then sometimes a few of them just take it a bit too far. <laughs> Jeff Bezos stuff. And even the Football Index social media account. Oh, my word. That, that was that brilliant, about? wasn't it? Well, I don't understand that. And then last Sunday, um, you know, a so-called friend of mine, PB man and SG, or two friends of mine, um, they're coming on saying, oh, woeful explanation on sell orders, hammering about hammering me on that as well. So not been a good it's not been the best little period for me, is it? Do you reckon the social media manager listens or do you reckon it's someone in the office see. who's been like, mate, just put out a Jeff Bezos gif and see what happens? <laughs> Rumour has it, it's, uh, it, you know, it's listened to by everyone there. So. <laughs> Rumour has it. <laughs> Rumour has, has it, it yeah. Do you know what I did recently, uh, you know, in my downtime being sick since my uh, weekend no, in no. Somerset? Um, yep. I added uh, product mentioned on the podcast onto the website. So right. at the moment, we've got a life-size Alan Shearer cutout from the infamous episode with SOTD. And then we've got the water pick and the um, and the Nutribilla up on the website. Because I'll tell you what, ah. I still get messages being like, yeah. Fig, what is the water pick that you recommend? And I'm always like, look, I'm not the expert here. I'm not the, yeah, the self-proclaimed yeah, yeah water flossing expert you've mm, got to go mm. to panda for that so i've just put them up on the website if anyone wants well the to thing the thing is it, it, let's get serious for a minute here i mean flossing is hugely important and i would recommend flossing twice a day but the water flosser it, it eradicates or reduces the need to floss twice a day or floss all <laughs> together because you can stand there and once you get used to it it does a hell of a job of removing any plaque or bacteria between the teeth so mm. yeah it's it's a good thing so i'd, I'd highly recommend it <laughs> Um, what, one other thing I need to shout out the mm. the last Figcast section was the most downloaded of all time, which is pretty great, isn't it? Thirty on the dot, yeah. and we had yeah. well over uh, five figures, which is great, isn't it? 
Yeah, yeah, thank you to all the listeners out there. Yeah, growing, growing in popularity. Glow, growing in popularity. People loving the phone-ins. The phone-ins are actually really good. It's my favourite <laughs> really part. Of the, it's my favourite part. Of the, I'm just picking it up, but it's my favourite part of these extra shows to interact with the callers. The callers are always like so good. Even the guy that got a bit of stick, you know, the guy that people said rung in stoned on their phone, <laughs> first ever phone-in. <laughs> Even he, I enjoyed talking to. Yeah, and it was quite good. I tell you, Finley McMillan. Finley McMillan and I have been emailing. You know, have you? Yeah. yeah. He stole the show when he challenged us on the intrinsic value piece and questioned how relevant these mod. I thought that was a, you know, that was a hell of a call. But all of them were good. Obviously, Pony with his horse illustrations, and I was sad to miss. I was sad to miss two friends of the show at the end, LL and uh, Old Man. Mm, mm, really good. Really good. I mean, Old Man was pretty much interviewing me at the end of that. <laughs> he was like one, did, one more quick one back. and then he was like one more final and then he was like all right just just one more <laughs> just one yeah i keep yeah, telling I him he's a, he's a candidate for the sunday show but he's not buying it yet he's not coming on yet no no i keep saying that he's to him and gardener and they keep they're both they're both ducking me at the moment i had a few questions like what do you mean your wife's got a session like, what, 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 what do you mean you had to go because she's got a session so um it was like an exercise it was a it was like a uh, personal training. So, oh, okay, so, so not a, not yeah. a, one of those what are they called Peloton bikes. Not Peloton, not yoga, not Pilates. No, no, nothing, so, nothing suspect as a lot of the FI community. Nothing is. sus. No, nothing sordid. Disgusting. You know, FI put your community. dirty, disgusting, filthy. Mine's like sewers. To be a lot of the FI community. And I'm looking at you, TW. No, yeah, TW. Morals of an alley cat. That guy. <laughs> so. <laughs> so oh. I want I just want to say before we kick Go off on. something that's on my mind, right? I just want to read this to you. I want to give a shout out here. Friend of the show, Talking Turkey, who um, <laughs> you know, we I haven't spoke to him a lot recently, but and we've got a different strategy, but I've got a lot of respect for him, right? He sent me this message and I think it's just worth touching upon before we get into the show. It's in terms of how well football index and how well they've done. And what they've achieved through COVID is extraordinary. And he says, check out Flutter's results today. Paddy Power Betfair. And he just reminds me, FI is a revolutionary product. Don't forget it. And anyway, I'll just read this quickly. For the half year to June 30, revenue came in at 1.52 billion, up 49% from 1.02 billion last year. But pre-tax profits fell 70% to 24 million pounds from 81 million. Flutter said that due to the current disruption caused by COVID-19, the board considers it prudent to suspend the dividends for 2020. Looking looking ahead, Flutter said its outlook remains highly uncertain due to potential further COVID-19 related disruption and possible regulatory changes across various markets. Now, to cut a long story short, obviously I think I've said that Flutter are Paddy Power and Betfair together and the struggles they're having and the uncertainty. Sometimes I think we are a little bit too harsh on football index. This is affecting the gambling industry massively. And we've got a question later about a possible second wave, um, which we can touch upon then. But football index to whether this storm and come through it, I, I just think I can't say enough about it. And I think it also shows the importance of media. You know, all the other bookmakers, when sports cancelled, you can't have PB competitions. You can't have gambling on regular games. So mm. you've got virtual sports or you've got MB. And um, that's why I've always banged the drum on the importance of MB. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's a lot of people say it's the lifeblood of the index. And I, I think it takes like something like the messy transfer which we're going to go into in a minute um, yeah 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 uh to kind of make people aware about how amazing football index is i mean we've talked about it a lot I've, I've done a thread on it you know um it's amazing to see like just exactly 
what is going on there and what is going on with with trader strategies in in relation to Messi. Absolutely, absolutely. And there you go. I mean, Flutter, who are huge, suspending dividends for 2020. And highly uncertain future. And, you know, I I look at another thing, nine days either side of last week's announcement. When when I consider that we've had a 100% dividend increase in this period of uncertainty with COVID, and then you look at the spreads now, the top 10 spreads have gone from 9.79%, which was nine days before um, the announcement, to 729 now. The top 25, 10.74 to 7.96. In essence, all of the spreads across the top 500 have tightened by about 3 or 4%. And that does change and it fluctuates. But it, it's a really healthy position we're in. And the other thing, Panda, is that people often think that spreads pre-buy orders were a lot better than they actually were. So I, from my recollection, and I'm sure guys at maybe Index Gain and Edge and, and other places have some data on this, we were seeing very commonly 5 to 15% spreads set by FI on the instant sell button. And I think it's really important to, to remember it wasn't 3% as it was when instant sell was first introduced, which was obviously amazing and, and a great um, way to cash out your bet. It was just before, you know, COVID hit, we were seeing easily like i was selling at eight percent spreads being like that's that's decent that's really good um that's really good cash out for me on that player 15 percent were pretty common to come by as well and i think people are getting obsessed by oh well if the spread's not three percent it's not it's not decent yeah absolutely and the spread instant sell there is rose tinted glasses and this this kind of um dovetails into what was discussed on your last week's sunday show by sg and pb man they weren't always there. It was a bit of a facade in the sense that when Memphis had his ACL, you couldn't cash out instant sell. You know, a few people got that tight spread and then it quickly went out and it was it was a very large spread. Same with Neymar when he broke his metatarsal or had the rape allegation. Um, and even without big significant events, spreads could be very large because some people would instant sell through the night. I remember a few times waking up and the spread had drastically increased on a few players because people had instant sold two or 3,000 in the night. So spreads have always been, uh, well, they've always fluctuated rather. And um, I think, yeah, I, I think we're in a very good place now and spreads are very healthy. We are going to talk about that more later. Just before we move into the few things that we're going to talk about and then the questions eventually, uh, I need to plug the Patreon. So if you guys don't know what a Patreon is, it's where content creators can create, um, you know, uh, private exclusive uh, and premium content for subscribers so i've got one that's been up and running since the end of may if you don't know if you're new to fi you're new to the fig channels then head over to patreon.com forward slash fi guide so that's p-a-t-r-e-o and dot com forward slash fi guide there's three pound five pound eight pound and twelve pound tiers not inclusive of vat of course as many have pointed out and that is thankfully now showing on the actual website but do check it out there's some premium uh, stuff there. The £12 tier, for example, you get masterclasses, uh, webinars every month. Uh, £8 tier, you get access to the FIG Discord, which is awesome, which we read questions out from and have conversations in uh, very regularly. Uh, £5 tier, you get private um, podcast every month at a private blog every month from myself. And the £3 tier, you get the podcast early and Football Index in five, an extra chunk of every Sunday's pod. Uh, and also, I'm going to shout out the Facebook page. Head over to Football Index or what is it facebook.com forward slash football index guide uh to check out the facebook page trying to build a, an audience there as well so do check that out um the first thing i want to talk about let's talk about Messi. um mm. we mentioned it there yeah. 
it's obviously the most exciting. I mean, I I feel like we're going to get slagged off talking about Messi again because we we got we got slagged off talking about Sancho a lot. Like I think well, I think people were on on the forum and on Slack mm. have been like to me, "Oh yeah, it's a great pod, but bloody hell, the incessant talk about Sancho is annoying." I mean, mm. he's only the most expensive player on the platform, Panda. So I don't know why we talk about him, but Messi is obviously the talk of the town at the moment. Um, I had a really good conversation with SG and, and PB Man, as you, you did. kind of talked you about did. earlier. They both said that they didn't own. And um, uh, F.I. Dunwell, who was on the podcast that goes out this Sunday, also said that he didn't own, but was equally excited by it. But it's amazing, isn't it, to see the spread move um, based on news. And it's going to be even more amazing when we have seller orders in to see how that works with news like this. But... Do you think, and I'm going to ask you this question to kind of set off this conversation, do you think traders aren't really factoring in the fact that they can just instant sell for a 5% loss on a big transfer like this? And I do see the massive upside here, and I'm not trying to talk Messi down at all, because by all means, if he goes to Man City, he could be any price and, and I wouldn't bat an eyelid. But do you think there are a few traders who have been like, he's definitely coming, there's no risk of that, and... Also, in tandem with that, they've also been like, well, and if he doesn't come, I'll just instant sell him for for a 5% loss. Yeah, potentially. I I think it's been really difficult to to stay away from the noise. I mean, I like to consider myself um, one of the better transfer traders out there. probably one of my strengths. And, (laughs) um, you know, this is a hugely complicated deal. I mean, we know, obviously, he wants to leave. um, But when you've got these wages and you've got the greatest ever player um, at Barcelona, and probably the greatest ever players play in Spain. For him to leave under this cloud, you know, it's very significant. And I look at the way Iniesta left when he sat in the centre circle and the lights faded at the uh, the Camp Nou. And I just think, what a shame for Messi to leave like this. And I wonder when push comes to shove, whether he will want to go out on good terms next year um, in front of a full crowd, you know, kids on the pitch and, and say goodbye and get the fanfare he deserves. Um, but... To answer your question, people getting caught up in it, did they? Did, are they thinking about instant sell? Probably not. Probably not. I think it, it can be quite dangerous. You get swept up on it. The greatest player in the planet still is rising significantly. Football Index are putting out £6, £7, £8. The upside is enormous. But you do have to think about the downside. And to be fair to social media and Twitter, I think a lot of people have discussed the downside of it. It reminds me a little bit of my Jude Bellingham trade. I don't know if you remember this, but... I quite like the logic of some people's tweets because I bought Jude Bellingham under the assumption that he was 70 to 80% likely to go to Manchester United. And I thought that was going to increase him from £4 up to about £8. Um, It didn't happen. But I knew my downside if he did go to Dortmund, what I'd be able to exit that. So I kind of had a minimal downside and huge upside. With the Messi situation, what surprised me is that as he's gone up to six, seven, eight pounds, your upside is being eroded there quite significantly and your downside is getting larger and larger. Um, and it, it was the speed of which, you know, he was kind of moving up the prices, which surprised me, not people getting excited and buying him. I think just as quickly as the price has gone up irrationally, I think it's actually gone down as well irrationally. I mean, I don't think a lot's changed in the last five days. What we know is that he handed in a transfer request. He isn't happy with the situation at the club. But everything else, including from our favourite news aggregator, Hagrid, at the moment, it's it's all hearsay. You know, the few journalists I trust, like Romano, doesn't want to touch this. There's no real... I don't see any credible sources. I'm not sure what's going on there. I've always said it's a 50-50. Um, 
it's a, it's it's just a fascinating saga to follow, and it's game changing for football index because we said this last week to each other. Um, there was about what fifteen or twenty thousand pounds matched on the Betfair exchange on this messy saga. This was last week, where Football Index had hundreds of thousands going through it, if not up to a million. Oh, I mean, yeah, millions. This now, week, right? as we look at it, I haven't got it in front of me. I looked last night. Betfair messy market has got two hundred twenty-five thousand pounds matched. We're millions now on Football Index, so Football Index is responding far quicker to news, and I think transfer traders and Football Index traders are far sharper then maybe transfer traders on Betfair. The market feels more rational and quick to respond here in liquid. So I think transfers are going to be a huge USP for the index. And it's the only place where you can get a large takedown. And, you know, I think, yeah, to me, it's very exciting because as I say, I think I'm very good at transfers. Um, so yeah, sort of let, let it continue. But I don't know if that answered your question. That's a bit of a ramble there, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. No, it was a good one though. I mean, there's three central scenarios here, right? He, he stays. And signs a new contract, which is probably unlikely, given all that's that's happening, the information that we have in front of us. He stays and leaves in 12 months. Or he leaves this year with a transfer fee to 99% most likely Man City. Um, I mean, run me through the football index implications for all three of us. Well, those. okay, before I get into the implications, which I will, one thing, although I was just singing the praises of football index, one thing I'm not seeing is, you know, last week we spoke about if there's a, a primary storyline, i.e. Messi moving to Man City, there's secondary storylines. So, for example, if Messi leaves Barcelona, you'd think Ansu Fati gets more game time, so his price should go up. If he goes to Man City, you'd think he gets penalties and free kicks, therefore De Bruyne's price is going down. What interests me is that as Messi climbs from five to six to seven to eight pounds, we're not seeing reductions in prices on Sterling, Mares, De Bruyne. We're not seeing a, an increase on Fati. So, at the moment, I still think Football Index operates and people focus on that primary storyline where often there are many, many other sort of stories rippling under the surface. And that's what that's where I kind of like to operate. And that's what interests me. So what are the implications? Well, I've just discussed them, to be honest. If he goes to Manchester City, if it's a two year contract, I think he's probably worth about £10. If it's a three year contract, you might argue 12 or 13. Some of the numbers I've seen have shown that his ability is diminishing a touch. A lot of his goals were scored against um, bottom 10 teams in the Liga this year. Yeah, that thread that yeah. you sent me was really good, yeah, actually. Yeah. Um, it was really interesting. It, it showed that he scored what? It was uh, it, let me bring it five of his league goals against the top yeah, 10? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, I still think he's the greatest footballer on the planet, but I think. When you dig deeply into the stats, um, I'm just bringing it up here. 33 games played, 25 goals, 21 assists in La Liga. But 20 of 25 Messi's La Liga goals came versus the bottom 10 teams. So 80% of his goals come against lower half teams. Now, maybe that's mm. just a one season wonder. It's coincidence. Maybe Barcelona aren't as good. But I think even when you dig a little bit deeper and look at the individual stats breakdown, you know, the work rate, the pressing um, the, the number distance of times he's covered. the ball back in the final third, distance covered. It's fair, It's only fair to say some of the metrics are dropping off a little bit, but his goal contributions as a footballer, you know, chances created, everything like that is still sky high. So this isn't at all to, to really intend to knock him. You know, he's, he's still the best, as we say. But um, 
Yeah, so if so if he comes to Manchester City, ten to twelve pounds seems reasonable. I, I wouldn't mind if someone even pushed it higher than that. You've got a slight concern with injury that I think you have to take into account with any trade. I mean, people said to me my Sancho trade was risky. You see, I didn't really think it was because I'd always weighed up in my mind the guy was twenty, and I'd seen what happened on Football Index with loads of ACL tears or ruptured Achilles. Prices bounce back well. My main risk on Sancho was injury. Whereas I think with a young player, you, you often get protection there. I think with Messi at 33, if there is an injury or a large injury, I don't know if you've necessarily got that protection because it's probably harder for the body to bounce back. So you've got to weigh that into it. But 10 or 12 pounds at City, I think he makes City far better. But I think at the same time, you've got some damage done to Sterling and Mahrez because he should mop up all the dividends as a forward all the time. I think it also has knock-on impact to prime players in the Premier League that are in the media spotlight. Um, I think I described Messi as the ultimate glue. How I see it going if he comes to Manchester City is that he will sit at a price point between £10 and £12 and he will suck the assets above him, the Sanchos and Bappes, the Trents, towards him because they won't be winning as many dividends. And I think a lot of the money goes into the lower end and sucks them up towards the £10 price point. So I think you have this really thick, condensed market if Messi comes to Man City. Um, I think the main benefactors are are probably players in La Liga um, who play on the same day as him forwards and someone like Fatty or maybe Dembele if he can get going or Griezmann. I think that's fairly obvious. If he stays at Barcelona, then I think it has a whole different outlook on the index. So I think for me, he would probably sit about six or seven pounds, which seems fair value to me with these dividend payouts. But what it does is if Sancho comes, all of a sudden Sancho now is in the spotlight, probably can return four or five pound dividends over the next calendar year because he's the main new signing in England and he probably goes to 20. I used to say 20 pounds. We've said that consistently. I think 20 to 25 pounds now seems reasonable on these payouts. And that all of a sudden drags everybody up and Bappe Trent. And we know how it works. Even though footballers have their own intrinsic value, psychologically, how the index works is that, and my friends all do it as well. I've said it before. If a player is £20 and a youngster, they look at someone like Hamid Traore, or I don't know, I don't want to name names, and they'll think, wow, I can do 10x on this youngster. And, you know, the possibilities there are quite exciting, and it's worth investing in young players, and it naturally drags players up. Mm, mm. Sorry, just as, so, you've been, yeah. just as you've been rambling, I've, I've seen yeah. a tweet that apparently says uh, Jorge Messi, which is Messi's dad, has sent a... Uh, official response to La Liga saying that uh, they've made a mistake in analysing the contract and that it is clearly stated that the 700 million fee does not apply from last season on, which is uh, which is interesting. So it seems this is going to ramble on, whether that's Lovely. kind of a leverage to, to get a few things more done at Barcelona for, for Messi's benefit or it's leverage for him to 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 leave. I'm not too sure, but um, it's, it's interesting. <sighs> Do you think that, yeah, we said this last week, so we probably shouldn't repeat it, but I wonder if Barcelona want him to go. I can't think they do. In a situation with COVID, they'll probably lose out on season ticket sales if they allow fans back in the stadium. They've got no time really to replace someone like Messi, have they? It's a written off season. They'd probably be competing for top four. I can't see them wanting this to happen. Mm, mm. Um, Okay, well, let's next talk a little bit about the transfer market because I think during peak COVID, there was quite a few people that were concerned about whether or not there would be as many big movers. I think there was, I think when Sancho was rising, a lot of people were like, well, obviously no one's going to pay this much money for this player during the pandemic. 
And for me, I think I, I tweeted on my personal account. I was like, it's interesting to see that more uh, people, you know, there's actually been more transfers than people have thought because teams want to balance the books, right? Yeah, yeah. I um, we We suggested, didn't we, there might be some more creativity and swap deals, but we haven't actually really seen those, have we? Because they are very difficult to execute. Um, because you emir rights and contracts, but the money's there and there's a lot of transfers happening. I think Chelsea, they, I haven't seen many journalists touch upon this, but they did receive a lot of money for Eden Hazard and they didn't spend anything last year. So even if they outlay 200 million this summer, it's only a net spend of about 50. So um, so that's Chelsea. But no, we're, we're seeing plenty of money go around. Transfers are exciting. We're still getting plenty of links. I'm just thinking, who are the, who are the big five transfers this summer so far that we've seen outside of Chelsea? Hmm. I think there's also the other the other side of things, right? In in Europe, we're seeing uh, what Juventus do a lot of, uh, you know, buying, selling just to balance books. Talks of Suarez going there. Like teams are scurrying to move players around to kind of uh, to kind of best set themselves up for you know what could be a bad financial time for the whole world. Yeah, and. I mean, yeah, that's true. Germany obviously have been a little bit more quiet, but even they've spent money, haven't they? Because I was going to add the big thing in Germany is that they've announced no fans, I think, this next coming year. So that's going to have a massive impact on the gate revenue for Dortmund and Munich and, and Schalke and all the well, I mean, I mean you know, Bayern Munich spent very quietly 40 million euros on Leroy Sane, didn't they? Yeah, so, and, uh, and, and Dortmund spent on um, on Bellingham. And yeah, you know, probably gave Munir a decent contract. Like it's, uh, and they're probably linked to, to other players as well. So, um, Arsenal, where, where the, where, I guess where this transfer window has been interesting is that I think teams in England that haven't had PR disasters on furlough can attack, can't they? They can kind of take advantage of some clubs in Europe. Yeah, I think it's, you know, but even if they have, you know, uh, we're talking about Liverpool potentially buying um, Thiago, which is, is not a bad signing, is it? Wijnaldum leaving them. Um, you know, we're talking about, you mentioned Havertz to, to Chelsea. We've, we've got talk about Arsenal potentially buying Awar or Thomas Party. Party, yeah. It's, you know, there's a, there's a lot going on. And I think people really underestimated just how much business would be done. And I actually think there's going to be more business done in this transfer window than the previous ones because, you know, people need to move money around to allow themselves, as we've talked about throughout COVID Panda, during, you know, March, April, I kept saying the authorities have to make a scenario, a situation where clubs can be as flexible as they possibly can. And I think they've done that now by allowing the transfer window go, to go up to October. And um, we've seen, you know, other more monetary related policies be set out by the FA and, and governments, etc. Now is a time where a lot of business is going to be done by pretty much every club, every club in the top five leagues. Yeah, Jeremy Boga has been linked, isn't he, to to Rens? Yeah, Rens, yeah. like Rens, uh, signed like a. They're doing loads of business, players. yeah. So yeah, um, yeah, it's actually everywhere. It, it's not just England; it's it's everywhere that people are trying to balance. No, that's fair. Um, that's very fair. I mean, moving on. Speaking of teams having a lot of players, you want to talk a little bit about the five subs? Well, I just wanted to get your opinion on it, really. Yeah. So, for those of you who haven't been aware, I think at the moment where we stand, Fig, and I was going to check with you. So, France and Germany have voted yes for five substitutions. England had a revote yesterday, and England are sticking to three subs, aren't they? 
Mm, yes. Do we have confirmation on Spain and Italy yet? I don't know. I'm not I'm sure. sure. I think Germany and France are confirmed, aren't they? Yeah. And and, so, and someone did tweet a, a good question and said, you know, do you think this has an impact on pricing? Um, I think it does, but very difficult to quantify by how much. I think the substitutions were over-exaggerated at the back end of last season because there was a lot of dead rubber games or teams that didn't have anything to play for. And there was a lot of, there was a kind of lack of match sharpness and fitness. So I think substitutions were, yeah, were a little bit on the high side. To start a season when games are competitive and tighter, I'm I'm not 100% sure if we see all five subs all of the time. So I don't quite know the impact of from a PB perspective. And I don't know if anyone's done that data studying, but I do think centre-backs and central midfielders are probably the benefactors of the five sub rule mm. because they should be staying on the pitch. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, um, uh, what did you make of actually SOTD's tweet? Uh, I think he asked the question to uh, Mike and Kieran on the official FI podcast about changing the clean sheet rule to uh, oh, 60 yeah. minutes rather than 90 minutes. I've always found that being a, real, a weird rule, but is it between a, a rock and a hard place now for FI? Yeah, they I think they change I, anything, can they? I don't think they should change anything. No, no. And I like, and you know, we like SOTD. And I, I agree that it's a funny old rule, but I just think. We wanted that PB matrix locked down this year. And although probably everyone would be in favour of changing it, I don't think you can make a change at this stage. I think it's just something to put on their minds for next summer and the PB matrix review. Mm. Mm. One thing I would say about the subs, though, Fig, is that this this is great for the German and French national teams. It doesn't mm. because they look after their national teams. So with the five substitutions, it gives them so much more flexibility to keep the squads fresh and rotate. Um, whereas England, our players are probably going to be knackered by mid-March, <laughs> never mind Euro 2021, because the schedule is jam-packed. Have you seen Spurs' start of the season? It's ridiculous. It's crazy. And it's all because Arsenal won the FA Cup, which is just glorious, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I know. yeah, true. And did you, see, did you see quickly as well on Salzburg, did you see Dakar linked? Did you see Dominic Slov's... Uh, yeah, I was going to say him as well. Wow. Yeah, because it was a stunning freak. Ridiculous. Non-P, Non-PB Salzburg or a team that I always tend to look at. We've actually got Dakar. a question about non-PB, I think. Have we? Oh, okay, so we'll, we'll save that We'll, then. we'll yeah. save that. Um, quickly, I want to talk about the... I think I mentioned this on, the, on a video that I did recently that you guys should check out, which was on... Um, refreshing shares for ipds i wanted to quickly pick your brain about something that we talked touched on earlier in the show about spreads right and how they correlate with demand um people still don't seem to be wrapping their head around this panda that the spreads correlate demand that they can't always be very tight so you know this notion that spreads are a snapshot in time still isn't getting into a lot of traders heads and I don't know what what are your thoughts on it because as I mentioned before, eight five eight fifteen percent spreads was such a normal thing before uh, buy orders came in. Yeah, I, I'm not sure why people are struggling to to get their heads around it. I guess because there was always in their mind a fixed exit price which just tracked the buy price, and they always had this kind of there wasn't though ejector button. No, that's what I mean. It's rose tinted <laughs> glasses. There wasn't, and it, it varied all the time. Um, yeah, I mean, you just have to think about it that, you know, you buy a player, you've really got to think now about, well, you've always had to really, about selling the player, but I guess you could get into lazy habits before. But you have to think, if I want to sell him, like, number one, why do I want to sell him? And who's going to want to buy him from me? Now, you, you need to have demand for a player. Chances are, if you want to sell a player, 
because he's just ruptured his ACL or, or you know, he's in a bad patch of form. Others are also going to think that. And, you know, who's going to buy him then at that high price? Why should there always be 100% demand for every footballer on the planet? It doesn't work like that. Footballers come in and out of form. They pick up, you know, knocks and bruises. Like, demand is going to fluctuate for footballers. And that's just very natural. And it's very natural in the, the real transfer market too. Hmm. Mm. So absolutely, the the spreads will correlate with demand for a player. Yeah, for sure, and, and I, think, I think people will need to get used to that. I don't yeah. know if you anything extra to elaborate. Well, I was, I was in just a better gonna, way than I. Did. No, I think you, you've put it perfectly. But the one thing that I want to touch on is when sell orders come in. I think that's going to be even more amplified, and we're probably going to get some news on that in the next seven days, aren't we, Panda? Um, which is going to be interesting. Yeah, what did we, two? Was it within a fortnight? Within a fortnight, last Wednesday. So maybe by the end of next week. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> not next I remember, I, I remember PB I remember PB man said at the weekend cues were the most illogical thing to him mm. Mm. that's what that's what I found out about the Messi situation there's about a 60p queue now and you're not going to sell him are you if you're all no. in a 60p deep queue you're not getting that that sale or market price no unless mess, unless Messi turns around and says I'm going to City by which point you want to keep him anyway so it's kind of a defunct system yeah I think um uh Dunwell said the same thing on the podcast that I recorded on Wednesday. He was like, when he was explaining it to friends of his that had experience in kind of trading other things, they were just like, what, so you, you put a sell order in and you're at the back of the queue and you don't know when you're going to get that money or if you're going to get that money. It's, uh, you know, I, I guess we've had it baked into us as, as FI traders for a while, but it is slightly illogical. Yeah, it is. We, we, we've been very used to that, that that game state and how it operates, but it doesn't make a lot of sense to the outside world. And it's only when you try and explain it to them, especially in this lopsided market, that it doesn't really fit and work. So I, we're think, in desperate I think the perfect example was um, Philip Max going to PSV. I just looked at that and I was like, oh, yes, obviously he's no longer worth that price. People want to sell. That is now trapped capital that can't go into the other areas of the market. So not o- not only are That's FI it. losing out on the commission of you know those tra- sh- uh, shares being sold, they're also losing out on the potential of that money going into other players that could be done via bids, which could give them more commissions, or could be minting shares on players that might have really high demand. It's just a win-win-win-win here. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, we've said it. So we said September was the time when the market would purr. And we didn't know necessarily double dividends were coming, but we thought maybe sell orders and the return of all five football leagues. Um, but obviously we've got double dividends as well. But sell orders are going to unlock so much you know, capital reallocation. So much money is going to be able to flow around the index into holds. And it's going to be so much easier to move your money around and trade actively that, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be so exciting. And even watching, we've said it, but don't want to necessarily keep repeating ourselves, but the messy spread the other night when all of the story was breaking, he's staying, he's going, there's a court case. You know, I saw instant sell drop to £6.20, then up to £6.70, down to £6.05. You know, it, it moves all over the place. And there's lots of possibilities, even to trade within the spreads mm. and make lots of minor trades. Yeah. So many ways to play, many strategies that you can implement. For sure, for sure. Did you, right. see, Neymar? Did you see Neymar's body, by the way? No, I've not seen his body. Oh, right. Yeah, he was on the yacht. He's caught COVID again. He was in Ibiza. And um, I just, I don't know, it just bugs me, really. I just don't, what excuse is there for a professional athlete? I'm not saying he looks bad, but don't you think like Cristiano Ronaldo, we all say he's the exception, but it shouldn't be, should it? Don't you think as a 
professional athlete, the dedication. Like, I, I look at a boxer, Bernard Hopkins. This is for any boxing fans out there. He fought a unification belt at age 49, I think. And he had the body of like a 30-year-old. You know, it's very possible. But his trick was that he had never had a piece of cake in 25 years. That's what, that's what he actually said. He never had a piece of birthday cake in 25 years, which probably is a bit over the top, but you know. Um, yeah, Neymar just is one of those. I'd be interested to see how long his career goes. Why the oh. fuck did every player go to Ibiza or Mykonos? I don't get it. No, I don't get that, to be honest. No. They, they have an obvious right to holiday, but when you've got that much money, like Ronaldo yeah, owns that's... his own island, which he went to over lockdown. Like, yeah. Why wouldn't you... Um, with a few of your teammates who you've been in kind of like this bubble with, just go on like a fucking private yacht in the middle yeah. of the ocean and just, just stay yeah. there for like a massive week. private villa with 40 of your friends and go and drink in a villa somewhere or on a yeah. yacht. You know, why, why put yourself in that situation? That's what I find out. Did you, I think they love the attention. Did you see the photo doing the rounds of Grealish, Madison, Deli Alley? Uh, partying in Ibiza no I didn't but I did no. I do remember as soon as the season finishing seeing I think it's Tamori Abraham Pulisic and a couple other Chelsea boys somewhere either in Mykonos or Ibiza and I just immediately thought I was like why would you do that like and what three or four of them have got COVID is it or yeah, had, yeah like yeah. it's just mental like sometimes there is that kind of stereotype that footballers it's, don't have brains. But it's, it's a fine line, isn't it, though? Because you think, you know, by all means, have fun, go about your life. But at the same time, then you've got to... Sadly, nowadays with camera phones and the press is the way it is, you're going to get snapped. You're gonna If you get caught up in the bad thing, you know, bad press is going to follow you. I was listening to a... Um, uh, Jamie Foxx uh, was on the Joe Rogan podcast ages ago. I think it's like episode 900 and something. Yeah. Um, I've listened to that a couple of times and he's lived like an absolutely insane life. He talks about kind of um, how he followed P Diddy around with like a, a massive camera and he would like basically he would be like the fixer. He would set up parties for, for P Diddy and he'd throw these massive parties in LA and you'd have like anyone from Chris Brown to Kanye West to Jay-Z going there. Um, and he was just saying the life I lived there in the, in the 90s or 80s, 90s, um, there's no chance I could do that now. Like, no. There's, there's absolutely no chance. And I think like, you know, celebrities do have to, you know, be a bit more careful about the, 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 what they do, what they say and, and how they do things. I think Southgate takes it quite seriously as well, doesn't he? Because Madison's yeah. never got a look in from the casino instant. Grealish was about fifth or begrudgingly, sixth. Begrudgingly, begrudgingly. Begrudgingly after pressure from society, he's had to bring Grealish in. And Deli Alli doesn't look in. Even Mourinho in the All or Nothing uh, series sits down Deli Alli, doesn't he? And says, look, I don't know about whether you're a party boy, what your lifestyle is, but you're having, you know, peaks and troughs. You're, you're not kicking on. Um, mm. I don't know how fair that is, but... It, it's something to think about. Romano, by the way, has just tweeted about Messi. So just the Hor- no, the Jorge Messi statement. I think yeah. saying we do not know which contract they've analysed, but basically saying he doesn't have a clause. I don't know. Well, I mean, this is- he has a year left on his contract, right? Well, you'd think so. Yeah. So, it, like, I mean, he's not a free agent as far as we know. Otherwise, he'd he'd probably just leave, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It, it, se- it seems really weird to me. Like I. For me, it seems pretty black and white as to whether or not he should be a free agent. Like, I don't really realise, I don't I really don't, I, I understand don't know, why that should be a grey area. No, and I, I don't know why he didn't, it's a shame he didn't raise this earlier. Was it, I guess, the Bayern Munich defeat that prompted him to exit? But if you're messy, you've been at a club for 16, 17 years, he must be. He must have such ill feelings towards this club to put them through this, because he's kind of leaving them in the lurch here. He's throwing his toys out the pram, basically. He's putting them in the mud. Yes, basically, he's putting them through the mud. He's dragging their name through the mud and he's leaving them high and dry, basically. 
Yeah. But anyway, questions, I suppose. Time for questions, isn't it? And as yeah, you get them up, through. I'm yeah. going to plug The Athletic. So thanks so much for all of you guys signing up using the, the FIG code to The Athletic. Um, if you do want to sign up and you want 40% off your annual subscription, then you head over to theathletic.co.uk forward slash FIG uh, and you get it for about £2.99 a month. I apologize. I know there are th- sirens in the background right now. Um, so don't pull over. It is my background noise. Yeah. And I'm sniffing as well. And we're all, bit, sniffing, yeah. we're all a bit over we're the all, shop today. We're, we're trying to get over the line. Uh, Panda, you bought anything recently? $2.99? Bought dog. Oh yeah. Yeah. Is that Monday. one of the reasons you're probably quite run down or, or? Ah, don't think so. Unless it's the stress of it. I think I've got messiitis, but, uh, I don't know about the dog as much, but no, I went to look at a dog on the South coast last week. So, um, yeah, he'll be joining us in a couple of weeks. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. Great. Yeah. To hear. Very exciting. Great to hear. Right. Go on. You go first. Okay. Football and next legacy. I'm going to rattle through. Do we think daily express writers have FI accounts and write about their holds or is that just GMK fairy tales thoughts? No. And, uh, I mean, PB man and SG both made excellent, excellent points on this that, and, and I've, I've been saying this for a while actually as well, this, extra cast is that they are clickbait oriented actually we've been both saying it they are clickbait oriented and they will write whatever is in the google trends like they will literally look at what is being most searched for and they will write about that so right now it is messy because it is the hotter story it's getting the most clicks on google so the express are going to write about it and what that means is the express are going to write about the most searched about footballer which is 99 percent of the time most likely to be the best the most talked about footballer at the moment. And that reflects kind of like, you know, the media ongoings. I just don't really, I think that is another thing that is just completely overhyped. One in terms of its um, effect, but also in terms of like it being a damaging thing for media, because it's actually not, if you think about what I've just described there in terms of the relationship between the, the clicks and the searches and the Google trends. And one other thing is we've said this a lot of time, like, the Express are no less reliable than Sky Sports. What well, one thing I will say: repeat articles and reloading the same article and tweaking one paragraph and putting it in as a different article in RSS. I think that should be removed. I totally understand that, but for the whole, I think ninety-five percent of the views on the Express and the Daily Mail and all these kind of clickbait-oriented papers are a bit. Eh, I don't know. I, I just don't think they've taken everything in. No, but. I think uh, I've got nothing to add. I think you've done a really good job there. I should be asking you questions more. <laughs> All right. Uh, we got you got one question here from Greels35 from Discord. Yep. Question yep. for Panda for the PandaCast tomorrow. You got in nice and early on the Discord. Right. Are Arsenal worthy of using Triple H's music at the Emirates? And will they win enough to please Triple H? And uh, Football Index TW has said, great question there. No, can you not... can you do the music for me? Can you? Like... Oh, I can't. There was many. Motorhead were the artist, I believe, and uh, okay. he changed when when he. Um, oh, this is a bit in deep knowledge, but I probably shouldn't go down this path. But when he tore his quad, he came back, and uh, there's an infamous comeback. And I think he had the new entrance music. Uh, starts off time to play the game. Motorhead sing it, and it's brilliant. One of the best entrance musics ever. So. Do Arsenal deserve to use it? No, they don't. Will they win enough to please Triple H? No, I don't think so. Mm. Not bullish on Arsenal next season? I am, but not enough to warrant that theme music. You know, if I was Arsenal, I'd probably use a music like Papa Shango's or, um, I'm trying to think, Mr. Perfect, like a mid-card, 
wrestler. I wouldn't be using a top echelon wrestler. Because mm. mm. Arsenal, to me, are fifth, sixth or seventh. Ooh, okay. So there you go. Uh, FI Headhunter, what do you think the percentage likelihood is that Sancho moves to United this window? Uh, uh, maybe like a 55 to 60% chance. Okay. I'm up to about 85% now. Okay. Yeah, I'm feeling very confident. Okay. Um, um, uh, question here from Old Man FI from the Discord. Mm. Who are your top five under 21 players in terms of expected price growth in the next year? In addition to this, who are your top under 21 players per position in terms of oh, price growth? So I think five is a lot. Well, maybe it's not. Should we try and do well, five between well, us? I, I may... Yeah, I may have to think about this for next week's show. It's quite mm. difficult to pinpoint names. It is. I mean, I always go back to all the Dutch boys who confuse me. So you've got Stengs, Boadu, Marlon, Ihateren, and Bergwijn. Although Bergwijn is kind of dead at £2 now, I think, at Spurs. Mm. And that's the danger of a non-PB league. Where does that transfer occur? Because if you go to the wrong club and you don't necessarily step up onto set pieces and, and grab kind of grab the the offensive output for that team um you're struggling for price and so, i think i think people underestimate the likelihood of going to maybe ajax for example yes like absolutely. that's possible right there are t- players at uh, maybe not a stengs because his agent is mino Rola. well and St- stengs is 23 now isn't he I yeah think. I think you know so. no one's looked at him this summer which i find odd hmm hmm um, but go on, give me a few under 21 players that you might, you, you think could be very vicious or explosive in their growth in the next year. Um, probably I go for Mohamed Hatter and, and Patson Daka. Okay. Interesting. So top, you've gone for two non PB players. Yes. And then maybe Hamed Traore. Okay. In Italy. Um, trying to think can you give me a couple that you're thinking of I just think that non-PB is high risk high reward something about that to me I, you know it's PB man's right a lot of them are overvalued and it's dangerous but if you, if you pick the right ones the rewards are massive mm. I'm trying to think under 21s in I think, main I think in terms of leagues, actual price growth in terms of actual money it might be a lot of the obvious ones what Shirky I, I I don't know him other I think there's going to be a few others around that I actually think and I was saying this we're going to have more IPOs this coming season we than will we've probably ever had on FI we will. We will. and I actually think that there are quite a few players that are 18 to 21 that will be overvalued in comparative returns or expected career dividends whatever you want to call it or career arcs as you like to put it to some of these guys that are going to be IPO'd and I'm not, I think I said this in the Discord, I probably was a lot more hot on my like youth football like two or three years ago compared to now. I've just had less time to kind of keep track. But there are going to be guys like Cherkies, like Greenwoods that weren't here 12 to 18 months ago that are going to be here. And they might only have to play two or three games to get Absolutely. to like Cherkies price level, which I think a lot of people underestimate. It's like they're looking at the here and now, you know, they're looking at X, Y and Z. Whereas like, you know, uh, Barcelona have apparently got their best La Masia class since the, the Leo Messi. Oh, yeah. Iniesta isn't it? La, it's, it's, La, it's La Masia, isn't it? Not La Masia. La Masia. La Masia. La Masia. I don't know if there's an accent on the eye. I okay. think it's just literally La Masia. Who's the, is it Hispanic FI? Can you, can you let us know who's right there? 
Yeah, I, I think if it had an accent on the I, it would be La Masia. But I think okay. it's literally just La Masia because it's maybe. Yeah, I think you're right. Actually, I'm, I'm pretty sure because I'm fairly fluent in the old Espanol, so <laughs> I, I do know my way around that language. Mm. Right, but okay. it's Catalan, isn't it? Well, that's the that's the province or the state, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's La Masia. The... Is it? I've just I've just gone on like pronunciation thing, and it's La Masia. Oh shit! In Catalan. So, I'm going to wait for... <laughs> I think that's fig two, isn't it? Zero. <laughs> let's, uh, let's wait for... Go on, let's move on. Let's move on. Right, Your move turn. on. Go on. Your, uh, Icarus FI. Forget what you know about FI and value. If you're a new user from a heavy, heavy FPL background, who are you buying ahead of the new season? So he's thinking purely from an FPL perspective. Um, good, good announcement there with the FF, FF Love it. Scout. You, yeah, good. I, I used to play fantasy football quite a bit. I was quite a demon at it, actually. I had a few top 10,000 finishes under my belt. And uh, Fantasy Football Scout was a website I used a hell of a lot. So mm. I like that. I like, and I think they're quite humorous and I quite enjoy the, the main content providers there. But I don't play anymore. But mm. a very good announcement. So if, you, if I was purely an FPL player... Um, I'd probably go for, for Trent. I was going to say Trent because everyone seems to think he's the must-have on FPL. Yeah, right? m- m- maybe Trent, Reese James, and because uh, I don't think Price is involved here. So Trent, Reese James, <laughs> Kieran Tierney, Doherty maybe. Because, um, you know, Spurs keep clean sheets under Mourinho. Midfield, I think probably Salah, Son, Madison if he bounces back, De Bruyne, I guess. Mm. Um. And then forwards, probably Timo Werner and Harry Kane. Mm. Mm. Timo Werner looks sharp. midfielder this season. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. And, t- and just Timo Werner looked very sharp last night. Quite a tidy mm. finish in a, in a crowded penalty box. Mm. Yeah. All right. I've got a question here from Stanford, uh, your good friend, uh, on Twitter. You used to, yeah. you used to be, I think this is directed entirely to you, by the way. Oh, Pamela, okay. So fine, I'll fine. This one. You used to be quite bullish on your take on diversification, quoting it's a protection against ignorance. With millions of pounds entering the market, mainly outside of your openly publicized positions in the top 10, surely your opinion on diversification needs some revision. Yeah. This is actually a really, really good question from Stanford. And I think he's very hit or miss. And I don't <laughs> always, I don't always respond. To, he won't mind me saying that. I, I just don't always get his points. I think critiquing that statement from me is very fair and a very good question. Um, I guess conventional wisdom dictates that diversification is essential to long-term investing success is what I wrote down here. And you're often told to spread your money across a variety of stocks or asset classes to protect yourself from risk. Um, The issue I've always had with that, and I I feel people sometimes diversify for the sake of diversifying, is because I don't have time to keep my eye on over a hundred footballers. You know, if I have a hundred, if I have 150, 200 players in my portfolio, that doesn't really fit with my style of trading or my appetite. Like I, as you know, I watch a hell of a lot of sports and I can't really sit and watch 150 players, keep up to date with their careers, look at individually how tactics of their coach is affecting their role. Are they seeing more of the ball? Have they lost set pieces? I just find it very hard to be sharp and on the money if I have over, well, for me personally, 50 players is my comfort zone. I can keep a deep, uh, I can keep a good eye on 50 players. So for those of you out there, they've got 200, two to 300 players. I'm just not sure. And I don't buy that you can pay enough attention to them. Um, and so, you're also not going to maximise your returns. You're, you're not, you're not, not going to make not, as much as people that pick the right bets. No, and I think that the more players you own, 
the sl- ultimately the slower you are to react and the slower you are to take selling action or raise sufficient cash when the next kind of trend or cycle begins. You know, I think if you spread yourself too thin, you can compromise your results. Um, and I think your likelihood of beating the market is less. I've always said this, if I didn't understand football and I wanted to track football index, I'd buy all of the players and just track the platform growth. I consider myself to be a better trader than the market. And, you know, who knows if that will continue to to be the case. But I pick myself and back myself, sorry, to pick out the best bets. Mm. Now, in terms of number, I do think Stanford's got a point there. I think that for me, considering the the recent dividend increase, I'm looking, I've said this before, like a poker player plays tight and plays loose, you know, or, or aggressive vice versa. I've been very tight in my holds. And I still think that the best value is absolutely at the top of the index in those youngsters. This is so different to two years ago, and I've said this so many times before. When we had Pogba and Neymar after the last share split, they were due a correction because they were getting to that, not twilight end of their career, but hitting their peak. I don't know where they could go from there. Pogba had rumours of uh, transfer away, and uh, Neymar had injury concerns. I don't see that with Sancho, Trent, Mbappe, a few others in the top 10. So it's a different market cycle now. I think the best value is there, but equally, I am going to increase my holding of players and probably look to up it to 60 to 70, because I think there are that many good bets out there. I want to cover more bases. So Stanford is, to an extent, I I think he's right, but um, I think there's a a grey area to that question and a subtlety to it. Yeah, and I think, you know, when some of the players that you hold do explode in, in price, it's going to be very easy to kind of rebuttal and be like, well, you know, my risk to reward ratio was far better than diversifying into X, Y, and Z players. And I also think the way that you trade Panda in terms of using a lot of the intangibles and um, kind of trading on, I guess, the the life of these footballers, the as I mentioned, the intangibles, the emotion, it can be not draining, but it's hard to keep up on like 200 different situations or 50 yeah, look, or 100 look, different situations. It's abso- it? absolutely right. You know, I'm scouring. I've got multiple phones here. I'm scouring <laughs> foreign sources. I'm looking at their lifestyle. I'm watching them on Instagram. I'm thinking how they get on well with the coach. I'm watching them speak after games. You know, I guess number one, I think I'm good at transfers. The other thing I'm quite good at, a bit like Lee B is, I'm not particularly sophisticated at data. I never, ever want to go and take on LL, Ben Man, K Brown. I don't want to play that game. Because <laughs> the Holy <only> Trinity. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't I never want to, get... to take on the three-headed data I, I dragon. <laughs> PB Man, for example. I don't want to go and compete on their battlefield because I can't, be- I can't beat them in that area. What I can beat them, oh, I think, is transfers. Man. And I think I can blend sentiment and intangibles with data. I think mm. I can be a better hybrid trader. And to mm. do that, I can't afford to, to buy 150, 200 players based on data and metrics. And I can't get stuck with it. I just won't be as sharp. So mm. it's about understanding your risk appetite. There's no one way that's better than another. It all depends on your knowledge. There was a question, by the way, on the timeline recently, guy asking about shares and whether he should hold them and let them vest in two years or cash them now for football index. And Thanks for the people that reply to that. Not thanks, that sounds wrong, but like, I would never reply to that because I don't know how good a trader he is. I don't know what his lifestyle, I don't know what his choice is, his risk appetite. You know, I can't give any financial or trading advice really because I need to know who you are as a human being and what your style is. Yeah, so, so true. Anyway. Um, Go on, your turn. These are a couple for you. Oh, well, 
Soccer Index, by the way, who talking about bodies, unlike Neymar, Soccer Index has got body of an Adonis. And if he's got a body like that, I don't know why Neymar can't. He says, do you have any favourite news aggregators that you recommend to follow? <laughs> is he uh, is he talking about Hagrid, the, the guy that everyone's quoting? The gargantuan... He... Yeah, Hagrid. It's, it's funny how you caught on because he used to be a mock-up in the know journalist who used to tweet about a whole variety of clubs and be pretty shit at it. And then all of a sudden he decided, I'm going to be a Barcelona <laughs> specialist. And he's kind of just... I don't Translated know who he is, Spanish what sources. credentials he's got. Yeah, it, it's madness that Royal Island Hagrid, but he does seem to do a decentish job of it. The other news aggregator is Ben Dinnery, and I don't mind calling him out. The guy knows really next to nothing. He isn't a trained medic. He doesn't offer me anything new. He literally scours the World Wide Web and recycles articles and news. He isn't a specialist. Then that annoys me, mm. actually. But anyway, best hangover cure. He, he does is- have a lot of data on injuries, though. Yes, maybe in terms of recoveries, but he he does have a lot of data on kind of average return. He's got like a very in depth database. I I, I you know he he might not be like an injury specialist or or a medical expert. No, he does he's have just, a lot of data on injuries. He spent eight years or ten years. I don't know how long scouring the internet and reading articles and kind of collating it and putting it together. But yeah, he isn't a trained medic or professional. He can't mm. diagnose injuries. Some of these accounts out there can diagnose injuries with an 80 to 90% success rate based on what they see on a Vine or a video clip. Or how they fall, yeah. Yeah, exactly. He, he doesn't do that. But, I wish I had um, someone uh, filming my ankle fall. Just diagnose me on the spot instead of having to go to I've plugged this guy a few times. A Dr. David Chow, who used to be a doctor um, in the US, um, a physician who used to work for the San Diego Chargers. And mm. he is incredible. And he can diagnose with such a high um, success rate what the injury is based on the NFL player's fall. And then mm. he plugs it into his website. You pay for a service. And he can tell you if he drops out, how that affects the team. Like, but mm. he, it really is a good betting service. But mm. um Fig FILL says best hangover cure for you. Um, when I was younger, I was I'm also still a young man, but I used to think sport was a good one. Um, yeah, but oh, I don't know. Um, my hangovers are so bad these days that it's actually um, um, Lucas Aids are good. Um, there's also you can get like rehydration tablets that a lot of sports uh, or a lot of athletes use. I think marathon runners use them a lot. Um, chocolate milk is another good one. Yeah, it's decent um, one. Chocolate milk. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. What about you? For me, it's a three-pronged attack. It's milk thistle, it's eggs, and it's bananas. Eggs, eggs for sure are very good. Eggs, bananas, milk thistle. You're literally back down the pub within an hour of eating those three and, things. And ready a, to go again. I, I do like a tea. I think maybe if it's psychological, but just a breakfast tea. Um, I, I like mine quite heavy not a loose, well. Not a loose leaf tea, like that no. fiend PB man. No, no, no. Absolute monster. Um, right. Uh, I've got a question here from Big Strong Show Pony. He's, mm. uh, whose phone in actually made me laugh a lot like I was genuinely cracking up um, I had to edit mm. some of it out because I was laughing that much uh, two questions this week firstly to the king of the urban jungle can we have yep. our word of the week please yeah we're urban word of the week this week probably a boomerang child um, I'd say oh, he's a boomerang child and what that means is that it's a child who moves out to start his or her own life and then returns home to live often as a result of the economy but possibly due to ir- 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 irresponsibility I might actually be moving back. 
Yeah, so you're, you're what I'd call in the urban world with my monks, my urban friends, is a, a boomerang child. Yeah, because um, um, tomorrow I might be having a bropocalypse, but I won't be because I don't feel better. A what's bro-pocalypse? a bro-pocalypse? It's a large gathering of adult males with the sole mission of getting drunk. Okay. So a couple of urban words there. Anyway, what else is he saying? Um, <laughs> he's also saying, secondly to both, with FI currently taking pride of place on two championship club kits this season, how long before we see Football Index logos on a yeah. Premier League shirt? Probably about three years, if I look at the overall oh, growth of the business. I think it's probably they, sooner. Do you think they I don't know if they can afford it sooner. Might be two. I don't think it years. might be the start of next season, but start of the no, season after. Could two be. Years. I think three, but it's a good question. I, I, it depends as well on the club size, but can they nick in there? Maybe, maybe two years, but I think three more likely. Hmm. Oh, J- Joe Rebo here says three most expensive players on the index in a year's time and their respective oh. prices. But did you see my tweet, which was... I haven't, and I will... I will. I did see it, actually, yeah. So I tweeted, basically, and I got a, a lot of flack by the way I formatted this by Football Index AS, who actually messaged me being like, this is how you should have done it. So sorry about those who have, you know, OCD and didn't like the way that it looked. But 5th of September, 2018, Neymar, 450, Messi, 401. Ronaldo, 343, Salah, 339, Pogba, 336. 5th September, 2019, Neymar, 720, Sancho, 7 pounds, Pogba, 681, Bappe, 647, Sterling, 611. And the 4th of September, 2020, which is uh, today, Sancho, 1471, Trent Alexander-Arnold, 1045, Bappe, 1041, Neymar, 1023, and Bruno, 1018. What is your top five a year from now? Um, and if you can give me prices as well oh, it's hard on the spot um, it's hard but I'm also going to do it on the spot I'm really okay cool Jaden Sancho £27.50 um, Trent £17.80 and Bappe you think there's going to be a £10 difference between the top and the second player no I'm just thinking I'm just looking at the top five in front of me so I've got Trent at £17.80 I've got Mbappe at £22.25 so, you've got so he'll be in second at place Mbappe yeah. at 22 and you've got yeah. Trent at 17 yep um, I think by this time next season I honestly expect Greenwood to be shoving out Martial or Rashford so mm. I'd say Greenwood will be in fourth place at about £16.25 okay um, and then uh, fifth place I'm struggling See, I think there might be an IPO'd player. Yes. Fifth. And I don't yes. know who it is. So tell me your prices just quickly while we're going. So I, who I, have you got one to five? I'll go, I'll go. I actually think that my top three is uh, the same. Um, La Liga have just issued the statement saying the 700 million clause is still valid, by the way. Oh, phew. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. Um, uh, I would say... Um, I would say Sancho twenty four pounds, Bappe twenty one, Trent okay. sixteen seventy five. Yep. I think that's the clear top three. I I think if Sancho moves this summer, I'm actually quite bullish on Haaland being in the top seven or eight. Yeah. But if he doesn't, then I'm not. So I, I it's need depending to see. on what he says. Harland is an exceptional finisher and an outrageous talent, and there's absolutely no denying that. I just need to see how he looks without Hakimi and Sancho down that mm. right hand side. Will his um, supply line dry up, and will that have knock on effect to his goal output? That's a good point. That's a really good point. Only um, just being slightly contrary there because I do love him, but I'm going to yeah. put him as my fifth 
Okay. But I think he's probably most likely going to be seventh or eighth. And I think there might be an IPO'd player in there, but I don't know who it is. Um, and the reason I say that is because I think there'll be a player who's IPO'd at quite a high price who does something similar to Greenwood and Cherky who flies up. And I don't know who that is. Yeah, sure. It's so hard to I predict. Think, yeah. If you look, well, if you look at like what the, the things that I've named there, um, between, you know, 29, a year ago today, we had Neymar, Sancho, Pogba, and Bappe Sterling. And now three of those are in the top five this season. Yeah. So it's probably likely that although the average age of those players has got younger, um, for sure, that the top three right now are going to remain the top three, but probably in, the, in a different order and Bappe being second. Uh, yeah, I think fourth yeah. and fifth are probably up for grabs. I don't think Jude Bellingham is going to play in the position that enables him to get up to the top five. Because, I mean, that's not too bad a shout, is it? Well, Jude Bellingham, talent-wise and everything else, outrageous by all accounts. But if he's playing alongside Chan and Witzel in the midfield two, he's got almost three attackers centrally ahead of him and then the two wide midfielders, Guerrero and Munier. I think he's going to struggle to get the GNA output, the goals and assists output to, to get up to that top five price bracket. But... Bellingham isn't a terrible shout, no. Mm. Mm. Um, last couple of questions, please, because I need to dash. Um, is it your turn or is it my um, turn? It's your turn. I just asked. Okay, Shoboni, FI I? Messi for you. Favorite three stadiums in the world? <sighs> um, God, that's caught me off guard. I really thought it was going to be something else. Um, uh, Who are the iconic the, stadiums? I was at the Benfica Stadium. Yeah. Last, last September. Is that, is that what's that called? Loose? Um, um, Stadio de Loose? Yeah. Yeah. It's where they did the, it's where they had the uh, Champions League final. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really like that. Um, Snow Spur Stadium is pretty nice. Yeah. 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 Begrudgingly, I'll say that is quite nice. Um, I mean, the Emirates are still fantastic. Maybe not in yeah. terms of atmosphere, but it's still no. a wonderful stadium to go to. No. Atmosphere. Anfield and Goodison Park, I like. Mm. Mm. Especially under the lights. Upton Park used to be good as well, under the lights. Yeah, yeah. I um, I've been to Upton Park a couple of times. quite enjoyed it. Yeah, there. night matches after a few beers was quite fun because I used to live <laughs> over that way. Um, Joe, this is another one for you just because we're, we're, I'm on a roll here. Joe Brown, regardless of recent promotions, Fig, why doesn't media get the same love as PB? Is it as simple as that it's very... Predi- it, it, is it as simple as it's a very predictable dividend to win and they don't like that? Question mark. Mm, I don't know. Uh... People just love PB. They they just they love it a lot. So I don't know. Um, uh, I think it's well. One on average, maybe MB players are more expensive. So you know, it's a lot easier to buy a player that could win PB than it is MB. If that makes sense. Do you, do you kind of see what I mean? Yeah, I, I think you made a bit of a, a botched job of that. To be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I think Go on, you've, give me your answer. No, I think you've botched. I just think, honestly, it's as simple as that. I think that number one MB is really lucrative and the, the, the payouts are big, but it's a smaller pool of players that dominate and win it. So it makes no sense for them to be huge on it because it's a big liability. Mm. It's quite predictable. I think it's as simple as that. Mm. Uh, Football Index Economist has about three yes. questions here. 
And I'd like to ask two of them. For, Fand- for Panda, how do you allocate your capital across Betfair and FI? And then he also says, yeah. if FI introduced the ability to short players, who are your first three players you would short right now? Uh, okay, so 80, 20, so 80% FI, 20% Betfair. Oh, wow. Started off 20, 80 the other way around. So oh, that wow. shows the love and enjoyment I've got from Football Index. Huge shift from 100-0 to 20-80 when I... Well, you know, within the first year to now 80-20 FI. And if I could short some players, that's very difficult. I'd probably short... Oh, I'm just looking here. Callum hudson really, I really don't want to short players because... <laughs> <laughs> do, you know, because do you know why I say that? Because yesterday yeah. in the Discord, I just said, I just really don't like the way he kicks the ball. Oh, right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Dividends are so bloody rewarding. Now. They are. I feel like I would lose any short... Honestly, I could make a case. What about any like, of the top? What about Benega, who's playing in, or you know? Yeah, I'd or, probably go for Benega, and then the guy that's playing in Turkey, the uh, not Turkey, Qatar, the uh, Manzu- Mario Mandzukic. Oh, Mandzukic. I'd short Benega and Mandzukic, but apart from that, I wouldn't want to short any players because I think they're all going to keep going up for four or five months. They're all hugely undervalued. Would you not be tempted to short someone like I don't know Alexis Sanchez or no, someone like that who you think not might be completely past it? No, could win a few golds, couldn't he? Ah, you never know. It's like, um, you know, 70, 80p returns in three weeks. <laughs> settled in quite nicely. Maybe him, but I, I don't know. There's not, I'm just, I'm really, I'm scanning. I'm down to number 60. On You're just list. a massive pussy, aren't you? <laughs> um, I wouldn't like to say that, to be fair. That's a touch <laughs> <harsh>. um, <laughs> Right, let's go one each. Go on, you go right, I've got last one. Right, let me, can you ask one while I scan? All right. Um, I'll go, I'll head off. All right. All right, Steve, NUFC. So, okay, just to, to caveat, by the way, he's talking about takeaways when I want to say this next say, uh, yeah. statement. Chinese or Indian? Chinese. Really? Definitely? Yep, yep, 100%. I think Chinese are more hit and miss than Indians, though. I think your average Indian yeah, takeaway just, is probably better than your average Chinese takeaway. Yeah, probably fair. I just, if I have an Indian, I have to sleep at a right angle. Yeah. I have to sleep at 90 degrees because otherwise my heartburn flares up. There is a really <laughs> good place near me called Canton Element. Yes. Chinese. Uh, right. If you are in London, in within a vicinity to get Canton Element takeaway, I'd highly, highly recommend it. LucasAid or Powerade? LucasAid. LucasAid. Coke Zero or Pepsi Max? Pepsi Max. Pepsi Max as well, but I, I hate the, the sugar-free stuff. Diet Coke, Coke Zero, I think it's all bollocks. Uh, <laughs> um, this is Cheeky Hammer FI. We've we've mumbled and grumbled our way through this podcast. We've not been on top form, but we're reaching the end now. Cheeky Hammer FI. If FI had been around since the 90s, which one event do you think would have caused the biggest rise on a single day? I'm not going to tell you what he goes for because I think that's the answer. I'll just see if you can think of it from the top of your head. I was born in 96, so like... Oh, okay. Well, is, it was is it a bit unfair? That. No, just just picking a just one event that you think would have caused the, the biggest single rise. Um, to know, I watched it on Twitter the other day. Shall I tell you? Go on. The answer is Rooney's hat trick in the nineties. No, from if he said oh. if FI had been around since the nineties, since just the pick 90s. any one event. Oh, I, think I was Michael, really conf- sorry. I got confused. Oh, so, yes, yeah, sorry, my fault probably. I thought Michael. <laughs> I, in my head, Michael Owen, Argentina. Michael Owen, Argentina would have caused an absolutely monstrous rise on him, and then Rooney versus Besiktas, or was it Fenerbahce? Fenerbahce. 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 Okay, the the hat trick uh, would have caused an absolutely ridiculous rise. Those two stand out to me. Makeda. Maybe Be- maybe Beckham's from the halfway line. Mm. Makeda's goal last minute goal uh, not more than a one pound one pound fifty 
but that's a big rise. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I kind of consider Rooney going up three or four pounds. Oh my word! Trick. Wow. Um, <laughs> right. Well, I got. Well, come on. We got cut two more here. Quick. Two more. Here. Really quick. Because really quick. Okay. Ryan Pierce. How many Miranchuk? Miranchuk do you have? Uh, two thousand. Do you actually have some Miranchuk? Yeah, I've got a few left. Oh, fair. Uh, well, shout out to Ryan Pierce. Fair play. He's, he's done well. Fair right. play to you. Yeah. Uh, FI Trader DS on Twitter. Which months will see the biggest market growth this year? September looks set to be a big one. Oh, I think October, but okay. I think all the months are going to be large. I think it's going to be big. It's going to be big. Okay. Um, okay. Well, one's just come in from FI Raquel, May. What was the last sports bet that got your heart racing? Did you have a little wobble when McGregor rocked Floyd with that uppercut? Um, I didn't have a wobble that night. I would say it, it's not really a sports bet, but it's linked to football index, which is sports betting actually as well. It was Leicester <laughs> versus Man. It was Leicester Manchester United last day of the season when Vardy hit the post from that header. I almost okay. fainted yeah, because <laughs> that was linked to United getting the top four, and I felt United getting the top four was crucial to Sancho coming. Mm. So if okay. Leicester would have beat them that day and got the top four, yeah. Mm. okay but anyway. all right well uh, i think that's all, all right we've got we've, time for yes we've got through it and we'll be better prepared next yeah. week and back to 100 percent health yeah yeah i hope you get better and um, where <laughs> Thank can people you. find out more about you uh, at sporting underscore panda mm. well you can also find me at fi guide thank you very much for all for listening thank you very much for your questions sorry we didn't get to answer all of them <laughs> Please send them in if you did hear any coughing, oh, spluttering, gosh. sneezing, yeah, sorry. runny noses. If you've got a runny nose, by the way, Panda, go get yourself some um, Sudafed nose spray. Okay. It is oh, fan. I'm telling you. my local boots. I, w- I want to hear your review next week because it is, right. honestly, it changed my life. I'm going to um, go down to boots. Sudafed ni- nose, nose spray. Um, okay. Thank you very much for all your questions. If you guys did enjoy that, please do leave a review, share it on Twitter, let us know what you feel. I think uh, we will hit the like button. With your thoughts. Hit the like button as well on, on Twitter. Um, remember, Football Index is a gambling platform. Only bet what you can afford to lose and stop when the fun stops. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Have a great day.